Hello and welcome to Praying on Purpose. Over the past year, we have focused ourselves on Tuesdays to the question of how to daven. And in the course of these conversations, we have focused on many of the practical, logistical aspects of prayer. We have focused on where a person should stand when davening, one's position, one's posture. We've discussed issues of timing and pace. This morning, as we still find ourselves in the beginning of the month of Elul, I would like to focus on how to pray in general, but specifically with an eye towards Elul if you will, how to pray in the month of Elul. And when we think about Elul, Elul really is a month in which we are focusing on that which will come in the future. It is a month which is designed to be one of preparation for the month of Tishrei. Elul, it would seem, on its own, does not really have any inherent significance. In fact, most would say that the most special quality, the unique nature of the month of Elul, is that it immediately precedes the glorious, incredible month of Tishrei. But that perspective is not, in fact, correct. Elul is not only a month in which we focus on the future. Elul actually has its own very unique history. And I believe if we focus on the history of Elul, the historical significance of the month of Elul, It can help frame and clarify the unique avoda that we have specifically this time of the year, during the month of Elul, even before Tishrei begins. And so in order to gain the proper perspective, we're going to go a little bit back in time. And I don't just mean back in time historically, but we're going to go a little bit back in time looking at the Jewish calendar. We now find ourselves, obviously, in the month of Elul, but if we go back just a few months ago, we celebrated Shavuos. Shavuos was, of course, the time in which the Torah was given. We refer to Shavuos as Zman Matan Torah Seinu. A conversation for another time is the fact that the Torah never clearly, explicitly identifies Shavuos as being the time in which we celebrate the giving of the Torah, but the Gemara in Masech Shabbos tells us that the Torah was given on or around the 6th of Sivan, could be the 7th of Sivan, but basically we celebrate Shavuos as being the time that the Torah was given, which means that was the moment of divine revelation. That was the moment in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu spoke to us, Hashem and Moshe then ascended Har Sinai in order to receive the Luchos. We know, as the Torah tells us in Parshish Kisisa, Moshe, after having ascended Har Sinai, was there for a period of 40 days. And at the very end of this 40-day period, there was confusion, which led to the tragic sin of the golden calf, the Cheta Ega, one of the, one of the greatest sins ever committed by the Jewish people. Now, as Moshe is preparing to descend Har Sinai, he is informed by Hakadosh Baruch Hu that there was a problem in the camp below. Moshe prepares himself. He descends Har Sinai with the first luchos and breaks them on the day of Shavasar Batamos. The day that begins the period that we know as the three weeks is a day in which there were five national tragedies that occurred. One of those, and actually the first one chronologically, was the breaking of the Luchos. The Luchos were broken on Shavasa Batamas on the 17th of Tammuz, 40 days after Maimed Har Sinai. Now at the time of the Cheda Egel, the Torah tells us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu became very angry with the Jewish people, and he says to Moshe, Hanichali, 
leave me alone. V'yichar api bohem, allow me to sort of express my anger against them. V'achalem, and I will destroy them. V'eseh oschol agoy gadol. And I will make you, Moshe, into a great nation. I will build again from you. But as we know, Moshe Rabbein refuses to accept this consequence. And he prays on behalf of the Jewish people. And he pleads with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And he begs him for Zuchos Avos. And while there was a Magefa, and there were those who lost their lives, ultimately... HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kavad Yochel backs down, and Moshe Rabbeinu is successful in his efforts to intercede on behalf of the Jewish people. But even after this successful intervention, even after Moshe was able to negotiate, so to speak, a plea deal on behalf of the Jewish people, nevertheless, the relationship between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Jewish people was still very strained and very compromised. It's as if the entire Jewish nation had become very distant from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's as if they must have felt on a certain level that they were no longer considered to be his children, his special nation. So much of that bond that was forged officially at Har Sinai had been broken, that relationship had been tainted, and the luchos were still shattered in pieces. And so while there was, on the one hand, a successful degree of damage control, the relationship between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Jewish people was still left in a great state of disrepair. And then we come to the month of Elul. Chazal tell us in the Medrash that it was on Rosh Chodesh Elul that Hashem said to Moshe, Alei Eli Hahara, ascend the mountain of Harsinai for a second time and come to me. In this instance, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe to make sure that there is a sound of a shofar that is blown beforehand. Let it be known precisely when Moshe is ascending the mountain so there not be any repetition of their mistake and a miscalculation as to when Moshe is supposed to return to the Jewish people. And Moshe ascends Harsinai another time on Rosh Chodesh Elul. And he spends another 40 days there in petition, in prayer, Moshe interceding on behalf of the Jewish people and preparing the second set of luchos when Moshe would ultimately descend Har Sinai and return to the Jewish people for the final time with the second luchos on the day of Yom HaKippurim. The 40-day period spanning Rosh Chodesh Elul through the day of Yom Kippur is a day in which there was an ultimate reconciliation between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Jewish people. And I think we would all agree that the historical significance of what occurred during the month of Elul, before there was even a day known to us as being Rosh Hashanah and the period of Aseris and Mechuvah and Yom HaKippurim, this time in history was marked with distinction because it was a time of reunification. It was a time of renewal. It was a time of restoration. It was a time in which a relationship had been severely injured, was able to heal and to restore And there could slowly but surely be an attempt to go ahead and to strengthen that relationship and to start again and to start anew. This is the history of the month of Elul. And I think this is so important because if we see Elul as merely being the month before Tishrei, we fail to appreciate how significant it is in and of itself. The ability to go ahead and to stand before HaKadosh Baruch Hu in prayer throughout the month of Elul means, to a certain extent, to identify with that feeling of having experienced distance, of having been cast aside. Perhaps we feel distant from HaKadosh Baruch Hu because we left, we have veered from the path. We have abandoned him, if you will. And now we come back throughout the month of Elul and as Moshe did, Alei Elai Hahara, 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu calls to Moshe and says, ascend the mountain, we do so as well. So what does this mean practically? When I say, how do we pray during the month of Elul? So where do we go with this message? So first of all, without getting into the details at the moment, we know that there is a custom to blow the shofar throughout the month of Elul. And while it is true to a certain extent, that may be also some preparation for the day of Rosh Hashanah. And for another time, we could talk about why that is, because generally speaking, we would not go out of our way to prepare for mitzvah. To the contrary, we would actually avoid doing a mitzvah so it could be special at its proper time. But we know that shofar is an exception to that rule. But in addition to the fact that it may be preparation for Rosh Hashanah and to sort of get us in the mood, if you will, for tshuva, historically, the shofar was blown on Rosh Chodesh Elul as a way of signaling to the Jewish people that Moshe is ascending Harsinai again. And so therefore, just to appreciate the origin of that custom. But separate from that clearly defined, somewhat technical point, I think that we would all benefit from tapping into this concept of Alei Eli Hahara, that the month of Elul is a time in which we are to try to ascend. We are supposed to connect with HaKadosh Baruch Hu through a form of ascent. What does that mean in practical terms when it comes to davening? It means that we have to try to leave the space in which we currently occupy. If you go back to one of the first Urim that I gave in this forum almost a year ago, I spoke about the fact that in davening in general, we have to try, on the one hand, to ascend the heavens, we have to try to reach for something bigger and greater than ourselves, but at the same time do so by keeping our feet on the ground. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the name of that episode is Keep Your Feet on the Ground and Keep Reaching for the Stars. And over there we presented a model of prayer in general. But I think when it comes to Elul in particular, the concept that we have to try to reach out of ourselves is one that resonates very deeply with me and is one that I would encourage you to think about. The greatest challenge that we all have when we daven is that we are so shakua, we are so immersed in our own experience. We are so connected at any point in time to so many other things and people. We are so distracted. We are overly distracted that it becomes very, very challenging. I dare say in some cases, almost impossible for us to connect with ourselves and to connect with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This is always a challenge. But throughout the month of Elul, in preparation for Tishrei, but also to sort of seize the special nature of Elul itself, we have to try to reach out of ourselves. When we come to davening, and as I mentioned the other day, if we can, if we can come even just a few minutes earlier, if we can, it's not always easy. And if we could try to sort of transplant ourselves for this period of time into a different place and to disconnect from the things that are distracting us and then imagine ourselves but on a certain level actually ascend, to begin an ascent, to try to leave the place of my own experience and to return to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Of course, the whole theme of this time of year is one of tshuva. Tshuva means to return. Tshuva means to go back to a place where I was beforehand. And again, just to appreciate that Moshe sends Harsinai initially, after the time of Maimon Harsinai, at the time of Shavuos, he descends with the Luchos and breaks them on Shavas of Atamos, but ultimately returns to Harsinai for that period of restoration that spans the entire month of Elul. It is that experience of sort of rising above our own experience, of climbing this mountain, A feeling is of slowly but surely, step after step, day after day, prayer after prayer. We are in ascent. We are climbing that we will ultimately come to the month of Tishrei having arrived. That we will feel at that point that we are able to stand on the top of a mountain, 
Mi'ale Bahar Hashem, as we are going to say on the first night of Rosh Hashanah, we officially inaugurate the Yimei Hadin with those words, Mi'ale Bahar Hashem Umi'akum Bimkom Kadsho. That ascent takes place throughout the month of El. So may we be Zocher as we daven each and every day, but particularly throughout the month of Elo, to focus on this process, to feel that we are ascending and climbing this mountain, bringing ourselves ever so closer to Avinu Sheba Shemayim. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful day. Amen.